continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. Cannabisradio.com presents the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation. Hey, this is great, man. Now, here's your host, Radical Russ Belleville. All right, good day, tokers and tokettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Monday, May 16, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. And, oh my God, I am back in the captain's chair here at beautiful Rolla J Studios in legal Potland, Oregon. I last sat here, what was it, April 11th, April 12th, something like that. I've been away from Portland for over a month, traveling all across the eastern seaboard, Baltimore, New York City, made my way to uh, Columbia, South Carolina, Anderson, South Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, Athens, Georgia, Miami, Florida, Fort Worth, Texas, and I just returned, Orlando, Florida, and then just returned just a couple hours ago, actually an hour and a half ago, just returned from Anchorage, Alaska, where I had a great time at the Northwest Cannabis Classic. And today's show is going to be my reminiscing of the Northwest Cannabis Classic. I've got some recordings. And folks, I tell you, we're doing it live. These are going to be as raw as possible because I didn't even get a chance to edit any of these things. I have no idea what I've got on uh, the recordings here. But uh, you know me, we're going to do it live. We're going to do a show for you. We're going to give you some interesting highlights from Alaska. And in hour two, we'll bring you my presentation at uh, the Northwest Cannabis Classic. Took place yesterday afternoon. My presentation on marijuana and your civil liberties, just emphasizing how we got into the, this mess, what crazy twists and turns our country had to take in order to ban cannabis in the first place. And, of course, how it affects all of our civil liberties. So that presentation coming up in Hour 2 for Toker Talk Radio will play the entire clip. It's an hour long, so uh, enjoy that. Also coming up on the show today, it is Monday, so that means it's time to get our regular dose of cannabis science with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. We've got all sorts of interesting studies to talk about to Dr. Mitch about today, including a new study on cannabis and the uh, uh, pregnancy and and women's you know, women's use of cannabis during pregnancy and how that might affect their children, might affect childbirth and so on. Another study that purports that uh, heavy cannabis use in youth uh, as a teen could lead to early death by the age of 60, which uh, I'll have to ask Dr. Mitch why some of my Older stoner friends are still alive, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll debunk that. Plus, the uh, the big news from last week, and we'll talk to Doctor Mitch about this, was that AAA, you know, the Auto Club, their study saying that there's no magic number for determining marijuana intoxication. We've also got uh, a look at marijuana as a treatment for opiate addiction, something that uh, the state of Maine has taken a look at, and now Massachusetts is also looking at. And interestingly. Allergies to marijuana. Yes, people can actually be allergic to marijuana. We'll get the whys and wherefores from Dr. Mitch, as well as a look at that uh, statistics coming out of Colorado where teen marijuana arrests have skyrocketed amongst minorities and just what we didn't want to see happen after legalization. All that coming up here on the Russ Belleville Show. Toward the end, we'll have more of those recordings 
from the Northwest Cannabis Classic as well. I'm still trying to get my bearings because I tell you, Anchorage, Alaska, it was like 70 degrees and sunny uh, the whole time I was there. And when I mean sunny, it's like 20 hours a day sunny. Like the sun starts coming up around 4.30 in the morning, goes down about 11.30 at night. So my jet lag is crazy right now. I came from Orlando to that. And now I'm back in Portland where it's once again, mid fifties, rainy and gray. <laughs> uh, I love traveling. Don't let me, uh, don't let me fool you. <laughs> I'm radical Russ back in Portland. We'll return with the cannabis radio news right after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dagger, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. CannabisRadio.com keeps you in the know Monday through Friday on air and on demand with Cannabis Radio News. Presented with the definitive worldwide news source, the Associated Press. Stay informed with exclusive news on all things cannabis. Cannabis Radio News, live weeknights at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, during the Russ Belville Show. Or download the daily podcast exclusively on CannabisRadio.com, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. When breaking news happens in the cannabis industry, Cannabis Radio News delivers the details first. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News, covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, May 16th, 2016. San Juan, Puerto Rico, from Breitbart News. Democratic Socialist Senator Bernie Sanders takes his political revolution to Puerto Rico, promising in Spanish to legalize marijuana if elected president. One person asked in Spanish, would you legalize marijuana, before repeating the question in English. See, sí, said Senator Sanders, and joked, quote, you see, my Spanish is good enough to know that word, end quote. He said he thinks it's unfair that so many people have drug crimes on their record, making it harder for them to get jobs. Sanders cited congressional legislation he introduced that would take marijuana off of the list of substances under the Federal Controlled Substance Act, saying, quote, 
We've got marijuana and heroin together. That's pretty crazy to my mind. End quote. Ottawa, Canada, from Science Daily. The Canadian government's plan to legalize marijuana contravenes its current legal obligations to the United Nations International Drug Control Conventions, states a commentary in the Canadian Medical Association Journal. Quote, the federal government should immediately take proactive steps to seek a reservation to the marijuana provisions of these treaties and or to initiate their renegotiation in light of its legalization plans, end quote. Write Dr. Stephen Hoffman and Ms. Rujin Habibi, both with the Global Strategy Lab at the University of Ottawa's Center for Health Law, Policy and Ethics, including, quote, If these diplomatic efforts fail, Canada must formally withdraw from these treaties to avoid undermining international law and compromising its global position, end quote. Three legally binding international treaties control or prohibit access to various drugs around the world, including marijuana. Other jurisdictions, such as Colorado and Washington in the United States and Uruguay, have legalized marijuana and violate current UN conventions. Baltimore, Maryland, from the New York Times. Baltimore Ravens offensive tackle Eugene Monroe has stepped forward and called upon the NFL to stop testing players for marijuana so he and other players can take the medical version of the drug to treat their chronic pain and avoid the addictive opioids that teams regularly dispense. Retired football players such as Kyle Turley and Ricky Williams have promoted the benefits of marijuana and called for the league to acknowledge those benefits. Monroe, though, may be one of the first to openly urge the league to stop testing for the drug, possibly risking the wrath of owners, league officials, and other players. Last week, Monroe said he had given $80,000 to Realm of Caring, a Colorado-based advocacy group that is working with the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine to study the impact of medical marijuana on traumatic brain injury and chronic traumatic encephalopathy, a degenerative brain disease linked to repeated hits to the head. Monroe also started a website about the use of marijuana for pain management. Redmond, Oregon. Last year, Lindsay Pate and her husband Christopher bought 15 acres of high desert covered in junipers in central Oregon where they plan to grow marijuana in greenhouses to sell for recreational use. In December, however, Deschutes County banned recreational marijuana businesses in unincorporated areas, including the Pate's land. Underscoring the shifting tides Oregon is experiencing even after voters legalized marijuana in 2014, the county's commissioners, after holding public meetings and hearing from several groups, decided Wednesday to allow marijuana cultivation, processing, and sales. In another sign of the shifting tides over Oregon marijuana legalization, voters in Grant County in conservative eastern Oregon and Klamath County in the south will decide in Oregon's primary election on Tuesday whether to to repeal their county's bans after marijuana advocates collected enough signatures. New York, New York, from Mediate. Some of the good folks over at USA Today apparently got their pie charts, colorful maps, and states all confused this weekend during a story about the marijuana smuggling efforts out of Colorado. Instead of correctly identifying where on the map Colorado was located, USA Today instead put the emphasis on Wyoming, the centennial state's neighbor to the north. Twitter predictably had a field day with the mishap, with many wondering aloud whether some of the good Colorado bud made its way to the USA Today offices. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, May 16th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. 
Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I do not like them, Sam. I am. I do not like green eggs and ham. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. Don't want to spend money on a night out, but don't know what to do other than watching TV or playing video games? Consider playing guitar, bass, banjo, or mandolin. The instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension, downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today, or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our cannabis focus. Welcome back, everybody. In the cannabis focus today, we're going to be taking a look at the Northwest Cannabis Classic that took place in uh, Anchorage, Alaska, and I was just about ready to play some of this for you when we didn't have any sound coming out. Let's see if we can make this work. Still not working. Okay. <laughs> uh, this would be just my luck that I would try this live and it's not going to go and play for me. So I will have to find another way to make this work for us as we continue this day here. Uh, <laughs> well, let me just, I'll talk a little bit about the Cannabis Classic. It was a really exciting event. We had, uh, oh, I don't know. It, you know, it's a smaller event because we are talking about Anchorage, Alaska, which is a, a town of about 300,000 and uh, a very sparse rural state that uh, Alaska is. One of my favorite moments, though, was I got a chance uh, to meet a reality television star. His name is Chip Hailstone. That's right. The guy's name is Chip Hailstone. You'd think he'd be a weatherman in uh, Los Angeles or something, but no, his name's Chip Hailstone, and his wife's name's Agnes, and they are the stars of Nat Geo's Life Below Zero, which is this reality TV show about them and their family. They got seven kids, and they are subsistence hunters north of the Arctic Circle, which basically means they just live off the land up there in the great white north, life below zero. And so they hunt caribou and other animals and and live off the hunting and live off the fishing that they do. Uh, I can't even imagine that sort of lifestyle, but they've been at it for years, and the show has been on for 
four years now. I guess they're into their uh, getting into their fourth season coming up here. So looking forward to hearing more about that from uh, Life Below Zero. I think it's uh, on Nat Geo. Also got to meet a fellow by the name of Dave. And, you know, Dave's not here, but I actually met Dave. He was there. Uh, Dave is the breeder grower behind Alaska's second native strain. At least that's what he tells me. Now, the first native strain in Alaska would, of course, be the famous Alaskan Thunderfuck. And we talked a little bit about the Alaskan Thunderfuck and the Matanuska Thunderfuck and what the Thunderfuck is going on up in there in Alaska. Uh, his strain is one that's called Arctic Blue. And the inaugural copy of Alaska Leaf, just like Oregon Leaf and Northwest Leaf, big, you know, glossy, full page, bud photo kind of magazine. The inaugural copy of Alaska Leaf features his Arctic Blue. So I can tell you, I got a chance to enjoy Arctic Blue throughout the time up there at Potluck Events. We'll talk a little bit Potluck Events too, but uh, got to enjoy plenty of Arctic Blue, both as flower and as dab. Uh, also managed to have it, you know, as a joint and as a bowl. So every different way. And it's a very nice, heady strain. Good taste to it. Really enjoyed it. Big thanks to Dave for uh, setting me up with it. And of course, yes, we were at the Potluck Event Center, which is Alaska's 420 headquarters. Their, uh, their address is perfect. Their address is at 420 West 3rd Avenue. <laughs> That's their actual address, 420 West 3rd Avenue in Anchorage, Alaska. They open up at 6 o'clock in the evening, and they're a private club private club with memberships that you can buy a daily membership or you can buy monthly memberships and it's bring your own cannabis. They don't dispense any cannabis, but what they do dispense is free candy. They go like to Shopco or Costco or whatever, and they get the bulk, bulk, bulk candy and they fill up the jars. So they got M&Ms and Reese's pieces and gummy bears and all sorts of good stuff uh, behind the bar where you'd find the liquor bottles. And you could just have shots of candy while you're sitting there, you know, smoking your weed. And then they got stuff to drink, too. They got, you know, energy drinks and they got sodas and then they got Italian sodas that they'll mix up for you. Uh, you can buy those kind of things and help uh, keep the keep the place afloat. And, and best of all, just very luxurious seating, uh, you know, big, comfy, easy chairs to sit in and big, comfy couches, lots of tables, uh, lots of space for everyone. Games, if people want to play games, they've got uh, a game room in the back, you know, big screen TV. Uh, they were playing some uh, some fight game there when I was there and uh, a great atmosphere. And what's been interesting about this is how Alaska is kind of so far ahead of the states in the lower 48 that have legalized uh, far ahead of Washington, Oregon, and uh, Colorado, you know, Washington made that stuff a felony. You can't have a cannabis club and they had good cannabis clubs. I, I was at uh, Frankie's in Olympia when that club was open, it was a bar that was a two story bar. And on the uh, bottom floor, they still had alcohol going and on the top floor. It was marijuana going and it, everything was fine. They had shuffleboard and, pool tables and pinball machines and people smoking weed. And, and it's just hard for me to comprehend why Washington had to felonize that, why Oregon went out of its way to put them out of business with Clean Air Act violations, why Colorado is still fighting for it. Denver Normal's got their social use initiative that they're working on. 
But this should just be obvious. If people have a right to smoke weed, they ought to have a place to be able to do so with other people. That just seems to be a fundamental part of the liberty that you get when you legalize a substance. One wife, one God that I can understand, but one wife that is not civilized. (laughs) All right, we got to take ourselves a break. Figure out what I can do to get these audio to play for us. Don't you worry, I'll get it figured out. We'll have some highlights from Anchorage, Alaska when we come back. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your business boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your business needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence, truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data Mining. I'm doing pretty well myself. It's great to be back here in Alaska. Tell folks what Enlighten Alaska is all about. Enlighten Alaska is a family-owned small retail cannabis store. We plan to open in uh, the fall of 2016. We'll have a variety of Alaska products, and uh, we're, we're really excited to start uh, getting involved in the marijuana industry in Alaska. What's it like been uh, trying to get all the applications and licenses put, put together? Well, to be honest, it's, it's been a challenge. 
for a variety of reasons. Um, the regulations just were just established in February, so um, just trying to sift through and make sure we have all of our ducks in a row, all of our T's crossed, our I's dotted. Uh, there are a lot of details that we're, um, that we're having to uh, work through. Other than you know, working, working with the state and the municipality on figuring all that stuff out, it's been pretty cool. It's been fun, you know, just planning, designing our shop, figuring out, working with vendors or potential vendors to bring product uh, into our store in the fall and uh, just just having it's it's sort of living the dream uh, our dream our dream of being just a small family um, that is very um, uh, we're advocates for for national legalization of marijuana so this is this is our way of supporting that movement and getting involved in the um, in the social change and and uh, getting getting people excited about the industry in Alaska. Is this your first foray into any sort of retail operation? Yes, it is. So in addition to going through a brand new industry, it's just brand new to you anyway doing retail? Well, the retail aspect, yes. Um, my one of, I'm partners with my family, so my brother and my mom. And my mom, she's run her own business. Um, I've worked in the oil and gas industry. I'm uh, definitely been um, sort of the uh, budget person in a lot of other positions um, in other places that I've worked. So, so we definitely have the capacity to to handle the to handle the business side of it. What's uh, cannabis legalization mean to you? How is this a personal issue for you? It is. I have a lot of friends that utilize cannabis medicinally. Um, we provide the medicine for them, and it it uh, it radically ch- it radically changed their life. When I saw that. Um, and I recognize that the the quality cannabis that we are producing and providing for them is is quite literally changing their life. That's meaningful to me. My grandmother, she was diagnosed with glioblastoma, um, that's brain cancer, and uh, I think that cannabis um, could have helped her. And if it were legal in Alaska, which it now is, uh, I think that those people that are af- af- affected or afflicted with certain conditions, it can really be beneficial and, and help them. Um, and I'm also an advocate for people that just want to, you know, as an alternative to alcohol. They want to come home and they don't necessarily drink or they don't want that glass of wine. Maybe they uh, have a toke or, you know, have a little bit of a smoke and relax. And that's great, too. Thank you so much, Leah. And tell folks uh, if they want to get in touch with Enlighten Alaska or what, where your locations will be, any of that contact info. All right. Well, we're located at 2600 Spinard Road in Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, and you can contact us via our website, www.enlightenak.com. And uh, we hope to see people coming at fall of 2016. All right. Thank you so much, Leah. Have a great show. Thanks, Russ. Radical Russ here at the Northwest Cannabis Classic and Expo, and I've come upon Swamp Donkey Seeds and what looks to be a 15-foot-long vapor bag being uh, consumed here. Yes, we are. All right. Swamp Donkey Seeds, well, we're, uh, we're an organization. Uh, we're made up of 
two veterans with PTSD. What we're trying to do is we're trying to improve the genetics and the quality of life for veterans with PTSD and also improve the quality of genetics throughout the, the nationwide cannabis industry as we break into that market. But right now, we're just entering, uh, entering strains and, and trying to win competitions, doing genetic testing um, on our gear to make sure that we have the best of the best that we can have before it reaches the people. We're going to be doing a raffle today. I'm going to raffle off some hot sauce, some of the jelly from another competition, and uh, some a few seeds. And I'm going to keep this 10-foot vaporizer bag going all day long. So it's going to be a party. Oh, well, what I got here, uh, you know, I haven't got it all labeled yet, but I've got my ATF that I won best uh, sativa with last year. I've got Golden Ticket um, by... Um, Oh, excuse me. It's uh, Mr. Dank's Golden Ticket, and that's um, Golden Goat by Face Off OG. I've got Golden Goat. I've also got um, White Dog, some Roadkill Skunk, some Leroy. I think on the table there we've also got uh, Blood Orange. What else did you bring? Oh, um, uh, Chernobyl Slimer Cut. And, and we got uh, Chernobyl Slimer Cut. Wow. Yeah, we're uh, we're coming to the table with with the best of the best that we can we can source and the uh the hot sauce is here and the hot sauce this is a this is a homemade hot sauce that uh that i made and uh put together it's uh it's made out of some gr- different uh green chilies and um it's got some hash in it well lots of hash in it and uh <laughs> and it's also got um some garlic in it fermented for a little while and uh bottled and preserved and Made with love, man. Uh, so tell people how to get in touch with uh, Swamp Donkey Seeds. If you're wanting to get a hold of us right now, the best way is going to be through our Instagram, which is at Swamp Donkey Seeds. Um, and we can respond uh, private messages from there. Uh, if not, I think we're working on a, a website, www.swampdonkeyseeds.com. But uh, we, haven't, we haven't plugged all the ends into for that yet. All right, well, I'll let you get back to filling this bag because it's almost uh, almost out here. You're a pretty popular booth. Oh, yeah, I bet. Hey, man, thanks a lot for the interview. Have a great day. Look at your card. All right. Some raw audio from the uh, Northwest Cannabis Classic there in Alaska. And uh, that did change throughout the day. There were three officers from uh, the Anchorage Police Department who... We're strolling about the booths, so a lot of the planned giveaways and smokeouts and such uh, had to be tempered a little bit. But uh, everybody seemed to be enjoying themselves. They seemed to find a way like we always seem to do. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we've got Dr. Mitch Earlywine on the line for our cannabis Q&A. Get your questions ready in our chat room or dial us live at 971-533-7111. We're back in two minutes. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. 
You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The Supreme Court is wrong on the Second Amendment. Okay, maybe you're high, too. It's time for Cannabis Facts About Alzheimer's from Robert Platshorn's TheSilverTour.org. This message is supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to lead America's hemp revolution at HempInc.com. A new Florida study in the journal Molecular and Cellular Neuroscience found that cannabis promotes the growth of healthy new brain tissue. It can slow the effects of Alzheimer's and may, in fact, be able to halt it entirely. A long-term study by Ohio State University's Professor Gary Wink concludes that people who regularly use marijuana get Alzheimer's at a much lower rate than others. This was Cannabis Facts from thesilvertour.org, an educational nonprofit supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to lead America's hemp revolution at hempinc.com. With over six years of experience in the industry, New Era CPAs is one of the nation's leading cannabis accounting firms, helping hundreds of growers, dispensaries, and ancillary companies with their tax, legal, and business strategies. New Era CPAs offices cover the West Coast from Seattle to San Diego, and their skilled team is always available to help you take your business to the next level. Visit NewEraCPAs.com for more info and set up a consultation. Welcome to the New Era. It's time for the Russ Belleville Show's Cannabis Q&A with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Dr. Earlywine is a professor of psychology at the State University of New York at Albany and a leading author and researcher on cannabinoids and health who pins the Ask Dr. Mitch column for High Times Magazine. Get your questions ready in our live chat or call in to 971-533-7111 now. Welcome back, everyone, and welcome back to Dr. Mitch Earlywine to the program. Hi, Dr. Mitch. Pleasure to be back. And don't forget that Dr. Mitch is the host of Burning Issues here on the Cannabis Radio Network. Uh, what are the latest burning issues, Dr. Mitch? Oh, in fact, tomorrow we're going to record a new one with uh, Art Benavi about uh, basically the perils of the drug war and why it's such a waste of resources. All right. Well, folks. Uh, and Guy O'Beelum's up right now, and he's the the cannabis comic and a, and a real delight. Yeah, you got to listen to the Ngaio show. It's a really good one. I was checking that out while I was flying around the country these uh, past couple of weeks. And uh, Dr. Mitch, we've got people that are eager to get some questions answered before we even get to the studies. So uh, let's get right to it. Uh, Jackie in our chat room was uh, following up on something I saw in the news and wanted to ask you about. Her question is, she read something online about cannabis arteriitis leading to the effect of on blood vessels leading to amputations someone else said they've heard of cannabinoid thrombosis peripheral ischemia and stroke caused by cannabis have you heard of any of this i think it was one of the uk papers that i'd read that in in fact i'm afraid this is an exaggeration a little bit but uh we do see any kind of smoke substance creating some capillary constriction and then, of course, that's never particularly good for our heart. And because cannabis tends to lead to tachycardia, an increase in heart rate, you'd think, oh, this is going to make for some uh, uncomfortable increases in blood pressure. But we've got a wild uh, effect of THC where blood pressure is actually lowered. So I, I don't think this is as big a concern 
as uh, the media is pretending. And in fact, when you think about how many people have either thrombosis or some cardiovascular disorder, how many people smoke cannabis, just by chance, we would expect markedly more folks than the number who've shown up in these case studies. So I think this is uh, uh, just a little bit of reefer madness. What? From the British media? Say it ain't so. Hard to believe that the Brits would make cannabis sound worse than it is. We got another question from uh, Michael Hughes referencing one of the topics I wanted to bring up, and that was the study from uh, AAA, the audio uh, club, saying that there's really no magic number for finding when someone is too impaired to drive. And Michael's question to that uh, angle is the study uh, seems to promote Oregon's D UI model, the idea of a P test and a DRE, is that a better testing model than active nanograms in the blood? I feel like, in fact, there is a better way, and that's the roadside sobriety tests that require some kind of behavioral measure. So we know damn good and well that plenty of us are at five nanograms per milliliter right now, even without any sort of symptoms of intoxication and Plenty of us could drive perfectly well under those circumstances. I would much rather see those roadside sobriety tests where you have to, you know, walk the straight line and ride the unicycle and juggle, you know, those kinds of things. But basically, to prove that you've got good psychomotor skills, regardless of what the source might be of any impairment. So, you know, we know that Benadryl is also really bad on these kinds of tasks and really bad for driving. We know that fatigue is really bad on these kinds of tasks and really bad for driving. So I would prefer a behavioral measure to any number of nanograms in urine or blood, and I hope that the federal government will listen when I say so. Well, speaking of your say-so, our follow-up in the chat room was, how would you love to come to Central Oregon, beautiful Bend, Oregon area, mountains and skiing, and maybe spend some time in Bend before you go testify in Salem to this effect <laughs> to let our legislators know these things? Well, if anybody wants to email me the dates, I'm happy to do it. I've also done that by phone in both Alaska and California, and I'd be happy to do it if it would be a help. All right. Well, good question from the chat room then. Uh, let's get to some of our other topics that we have collected over the past couple of weeks. There was a story about, uh, I think this was a follow-up on another one of these uh, studies that's just pretty silly, but the idea that heavy teen marijuana use may cut your life short by age 60. Doc, I'm 48, man. I, I don't know. I ain't got much time left, I guess. And, and a mere eight years for me, yes. What's what's funny about that is that's a data set that they've been following, you know, over the years, and I admire these longitudinal studies, but as it turns out in, in that sample, cannabis use is kind of a proxy for essentially being poor. And so these folks also have not necessarily the best medical care, not necessarily the most education, not necessarily the kinds of jobs that are the ones that uh, make it easy for you to live a long time. And so I'm afraid this is really just a proxy for those things, not necessarily an effect of cannabis itself. Yeah, that's uh, and it's a shame the way the, the media will twist that and make it seem as if the cannabis is going to uh, reduce your IQ, reduce your income, and kill you by 60. It sounds so depressing. 
Let's get to another one of these stories out there. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, as marijuana becomes more legal, and Keith Strop uh, wrote a great column about this, about how there's this uh, bent toward over-regulation now, kind of a, a reflex of, or an aftershock maybe, uh, from the, the landslide legalization that we've seen. And one of these attacks have been against women, uh, particularly pregnant women. And this uh, story from Green Rush Daily says that cannabis use could lead to premature birth, a new study suggests. And what can we tell our listeners, particularly women, uh, about this study? I got to admit, I'm apprehensive about cannabis use during pregnancy. But again, I feel like this is just a proxy for low income, not necessarily the very best prenatal care, not necessarily the uh, kind of money to afford the best prenatal vitamins and things like that. So, you know, if I say you can smoke pot while you're pregnant, they're going to nail me to a cross on the cover of People magazine. But in truth, I don't feel like these data are particularly impressive. Nancy Day had published something suggesting an increase in the probability of the baby ending up in the NICU and things like that. But uh, again, I, I don't think it's cannabis per se. In the animal literature, we're not seeing anything happen with the, the pups, with the offspring, until you get to just outrageous doses. And so I, I, you know, I feel like, yeah, they're great anti-nausea drugs if you're nauseated during pregnancy. And you know, cannabis is not necessarily great for uh, the period during gestation, but uh, let's not put people in jail simply because of that. Mm. And and let's not uh, uh, dissuade mothers from getting prenatal care and and medical care, being afraid that the drug test is going to lead to a, uh, a you know misdemeanor charge for child endangerment or something like that. That is just unconscionable. I can't believe anybody would threaten a woman with something like that. Yeah. All right. There's an interesting story I saw that said, yes, you can be allergic to marijuana. And I figure, yeah, I guess people could be allergic to pretty much anything. But uh, how uh, prevalent is this? What's curious is we're just beginning to get some of the estimates. I think some of those cases that we had heard about earlier in the year about that cannabis alleged cyclic emesis, you know, throwing up business may have stemmed from this. And when I look at some of the basically hops, some of the other plants that are loosely related to cannabis, the right around the 1% mark, we are seeing some folks who generally are allergic. Uh, it's obviously not like the, the pollens we get in a whole lot of other areas, but something something to keep in mind. Obviously, if cannabis makes you sneeze or throw up, uh, it's not the drug for you. Uh, as a tangent to that, I, I was in uh, Georgia and met a woman who's got a severe peanut allergy. And I'm thinking that Georgia's not the state you want to be, but still, she's got this severe peanut allergy that lands her in the hospital, you know, severe anaphylactic shock. You know, uh, after I went to the Five Guys to get a burger, I had to make sure to wash my hands up to the elbows before, you know, seeing her and touching her, right? And And so... Uh, what is up with these peanut allergies? Because I don't ever recall when I was younger hearing a whole lot about this. Has it become more prevalent? And if so, why? It's curious because my very first family therapy supervisor had this allergy, and if we'd all go out for lunch, that was that was a big issue. In part, awareness has increased, but also, and I know Louis C.K. does a big uh, jocular set about this, 
in part because we're so more aware of it, more children are born with it and get to live to adulthood in order to basically pass it on I to see. the next generation. <laughs> so we we are seeing a, a little bit of an elevation.